Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, so I'm here with Cyrus Sound. <laughs> this is Lauren of Sidewalk Talk. Where were you born, actually? In Stockton, Northern California. Oh, so yeah. were your parents like born there as well? My dad was. My mom was born in Minnesota. She yeah. lived in Minnesota, Hawaii, Washington, all these different places. Oh, what do they do? My dad, uh, he works from home. He works on his laptop. He does a variety of different things. My mom Like is, what? Honestly, it's a bunch of different things. Every time I talk to him, he's doing something different. His whole thing is just building multiple streams of income online to kind oh. of be really self-sustained. Yeah. He does a good job of it. Mm-hmm. He actually helped me when I moved down here. Oh, he, uh, damn, nice. He kind of brought me down here, and we rented a car and like drove around and looked at spots. And then when oh. I completely forgot about a deposit, he like put the money down for me and oh. kind of yeah. got things moving. Mm-hmm. Really cool. And your mom? She used to work in like plastic surgery centers and stuff like that. Oh. And now she like has her own private business where she just takes care of patients like after surgery. After plastic surgery or just I mean, I think it's just any kind of surgery, just, just like post op post operation, like I don't know. When these people don't have people that they live with and they yeah. need to hire someone to take care of them oh. and like knows how to handle shit if something happens. Yeah. Where do you think about your creative side from then? From me, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really get it from anywhere. Yeah. Were you always like a good creative kid growing up? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, there's not like a ton to do in my hometown. It's not like a really crazy town. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just kind of keep busy with like little fun creative projects that, you know. Yeah. I guess I thought were fun, yeah. What kind of projects were they? Um, just like grabbing like, uh, do you remember the flip cameras? It was like what came before GoPro. But it, it went out like, of business maybe I would really if fast. I... It's like a little camera, just I don't know. It's like a little handheld camera. Yeah. Um, and I used to grab those and like make just these ridiculous little skate videos and you know just stuff like that. And then I would learn how to like torrent video editing software. And then I'd you know YouTube how to yeah. do things the same way anyone learns anything. Were your friends into that as well, or were you just kind of finding it on your own? I was doing it by myself. There wasn't really anyone else doing it. Yeah. What were your favorite subjects back in school? Did you like school? Um, I liked doing math a lot. But besides that, not really a big school guy. That's so random. I feel like math is like pretty academic intense. No, it, it is. And it's really weird. I, I just used to be good at math and I used to enjoy it. I used to enjoy like listening to music and doing math homework. It was very therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of music were you listening back in the day? Um, a lot of like LA beat scene stuff, like Flying mm. Lotus, um, all the way back to like Carmax. Like all the old selection. Stuff. Yeah, that that was when I really started like kind of getting into the LA scene, which mm-hmm. is around like when I moved down here. Oh, so it's pretty recent. I only moved down here like two or three years ago. Yeah. How about like way back? Ago. Way back, like what way back? Like. High school, mid-teens. I was listening to, like, the XX and Gold Panda and 
all these little indie bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little bit of everything. I was listening to a lot of dubstep, too, and, like, T.S. Oh, really? Club Life. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Electro House. Yeah. Back in my junior, senior year of high school. <laughs> yeah. When you were in school, do you know what you want to do for a career back then? Not at all. We went to college, so you must use something. Well, that's, that's why I left college, because oh. I was working my ass off to, you know, keep good grades, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. Where, where did you go to school? Uh, just the local community college. It was yeah. called Delta. And what, did you have a major or are you still undecided? Uh, it was still like the first year and a half or so, so I was still just doing general courses for like a GED or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember. Um, I was just kind of knocking out general stuff that I would need later when I figured it out. Yeah. But then I just kind of got sick of it partway through. Like I was becoming really unhappy and With... feeling really like stagnant in my hometown. Because, like, it was all the same group of people I had always, like, hung out with and partied with in high school. It was just the same thing, and Mm -hmm. I was just kind of over it. So I decided I would move down here and just go to college. That way I could at least explore a new city simultaneously and, you know, start to see the world, not just sit in my hometown. Mm -hmm. And um, did your parents kind of want you to get a degree? Or, like, you wouldn't even go at all if they didn't edge you on? They, They just want me to kind of be successful in whatever I choose to be in. They think a degree might be safer, but I think they're starting to realize that that's not even as true mm-hmm. anymore. So what was the turning point that made you drop out? Did you get like a big photography break or a change in mindset? Definitely a change in mindset. Um, I was a very, very religious person. Not very, but I was a pretty religious person when I was oh. a kid. Uh, I used to go on like mission trips and same. Go to <laughs> camp and all this fun stuff. Christian? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of fell out with that uh, right after I left high school. And... Well, what was the reason why you, like, fell out of it? Um, I started to realize a bunch of things that, like, just about myself mm-hmm. and why it made sense that I would kind of believe in something like that. And once I really started to question it and think about it logically, it didn't really make a lot of sense to me. Um, and yeah, just kind of, just sum it up very quickly. Um, but then I kind of just decided that, you know, we have one life to live and I don't want to, you know, try and do something that's safe. I wanted to, at the very least, move down to LA and see what would happen as far as anything in music. Because that was really the only thing that I was kind of passionate about. So I wanted to, at the very least, move down here and continue college and maybe see if anything happened. Mm-hmm. What did your parents think of the whole thing, like, with religion and, like, breaking away from all that? They don't agree, but, I mean, we respect each other about it, and, mm-hmm. we, and we discuss it a lot, yeah. even if we don't see eye to eye. Mm-hmm. My parents have always been really supportive. After that, like, how were you even able to, like, establish yourself at the beginning when you moved here? Well, I started going to a lot of Brownies shows. This was, like, when they first started. How long has Brownies been around, actually? Well, they've been around for a while. They were throwing shows. I mean, man, you should get Kush on here. That'd be I crazy. I want to. That'd be funny. Um, <laughs> I really want to. They've been around for a while. I started coming to their shows at Lock and Key, which is, I think, like, the halfway between where they started and where they are now. Mm-hmm. So, like, roughly... Um, and that was back when they were booking, like, 
Graves and Diversa and like I can't even remember who else, but they were all booking at the Lock and Key. It was every event was at the Lock and Key for the most part. But I started to go to those events and you know, like I said, I used to kind of mess around with the video camera in high school, nothing serious or anything. Yeah. But I just kind of asked them if I could come and shoot a video for them. And they said, yeah, and then I made one, and it was pretty terrible, but, you know, it, it wasn't, it was okay for the time. Yeah. And so I just asked them the next week if I could come back, and then the next week I asked them, and the next week I asked them. Were you their first, like, video or, no, they had a photographer, but well, were you the Quinn. first? Yeah, Quinn. Yeah, Quasar has been their photographer forever. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's the guy. But you were the first, like, person to Kinda, yeah. for video. As That's far cool. as I know, I haven't really seen any other video for them. Yeah. And then, yeah, so I just kind of kept hitting them up to come back for like a good year or so. And then I kind of just became like the in-house guy, I guess. Yeah. Do you ever get bored, actually, of shooting? It's kind of like the same. Or like recording. Or like, I mean, editing. It's kind of like the same thing again and again. It can get a little repetitive, but um, I've actually gotten pretty fast. So it's not like I have to spend too much time mm. on it. Like, remember the first video took me like four days to edit. It took me like a day to sort the footage yeah and took me like three days to really get the edit down but now I normally sort footage in like 20 minutes and edit in an hour oh. so it's just a lot actually yeah, I guess it's same for this <laughs> you what? same for these yeah <laughs> exactly it down. you do it so many times that you know it comes second nature. yeah what was the first camera that you shot on or video camera uh, rebel t2i that's like the basic yeah, DSLR everybody Yeah, I think that's what I had. Well, now a Canon 6D, which still is like the cheapest, lightest DSLR you can get. Yeah, that one's good. I it's tried okay. it. I, I have I like the a... 5D Mark II and it's so heavy. It's seven oh, years old. Yes, <laughs> but it's still nice, the pictures, so. Yeah. And then what lens do you use? Um, usually either a Rockinon 24 or a Canon 24. Oh, why the 24s? I just like how it looks. It's That's just like kind of what I yeah. stuck with. I didn't really like know much about lenses for a while, um, but that's just the one that looked best, so yeah. I just stuck with it, yeah. And then what were your like early inspirations for the videos you made? Uh, oh, there's this guy, I think his name was John Zombie. Or, yeah, John Zombie. Mm -hmm. He used to do recap videos for like Loud Pack when they were first getting started. And, oh, like, I want to look that up. I was just like, looking uh, at recap videos. What's it called? Bass Rush or something like that? Drop Rush or something like that? There's like these dubstep parties that used to happen out in the Bay Area. And now I go back and look at them in their trash. <laughs> and I used to think they were so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and how about like. I guess everything you taught yourself, right? Like the editing, color correction. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. What What were you using early on to teach yourself? Just YouTube, literally. Yeah. Hundred percent YouTube. Are you constantly like looking up new techniques, or like how do you think your videos have changed since the early ones you put out? Um, I haven't been looking at as much new techniques before, but lately I'm finding that I need to because I want to keep things progressing. Just kind of overall learning. As you kind of go, you kind of pick up little tiny tips and tricks that kind of all play into it. Like, my big thing is editing on time with the music. So when mm. I edit, I'll kind of zoom in down to the transients of like the kick and the snare and I'll make sure the clip starts exactly when like the crack of the snare hits. Yeah. And that's kind of been like the carrying thing, but then there'll be little changes throughout like how I might, I don't know, do like a cool motion shot in an intro or 
know, just small things. It's hard to really describe because I kind of learn it by feel just as I do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And by doing all the brownie stuff, did it give you like a lot of exposures since the beginning? Yeah. Uh, well, within our little little community, definitely. Um, yeah, I would say. Mm -hmm. Brownies kind of paved the way for me to work with a lot of other people. Yeah. And how did you meet, like, Idiot Rising and everyone? Uh, I got familiar with them through touring with uh, Rich. How did on that his come US about? Tour. His manager hit me up, because oh. his manager used to work with Stooky Sound, who I worked with a few years ago, and he kind of remembered me. And then they brought me out for five days on the first part of the tour, and that was supposed to be it. But it ended up going really well, everyone had a good time. Um, got along with everybody and it was just a lot of fun so yeah. they brought me out again on the last part of the tour and then they asked me to come to Asia um, wait so are you doing also videos and pictures of them or just videos um, a little bit of both I was just supposed to do a video but I've just been taking photos as well along the way yeah yeah taking photos has been a lot of fun because I don't really like know what I'm doing so yeah you know but you haven't always been like a photographer right was it just kind of like a more recent thing that you realized yeah. you had to adapt to yeah, well, I was posting videos on Instagram like once a week and I didn't want to have to like wait that long to post. So I started taking disposables just kind of for fun. And oh, so they're all, so none of them are digital pictures, they're all disposable that you post? Recently, like the past week or two, um, yeah. since I've been touring, I've been mm -hmm. doing DSLR. But like 90% of the photos are all uh, disposables. What is it like going on tour? I mean, you went from just like shooting stuff like with brownies to like pull on like being in the tour videographer. Yeah. What is that change like? Well, the living is obviously completely different. Living on a bus, mm -hmm. you live in like a bed that's like this wide and it's like that <laughs> tall. So it's like a little coffin. Um. <laughs> coffin! It is, no, like, yeah. Um. I've heard the bus driver was telling us stories about people who wake up and forget like you oh know where God, they that are. Oh my God, that so creepy. Because you have like a curtain on the side and if you shut the curtain, then it's literally like you're in a coffin. Oh um, and it's really hard to sleep in until you're three nights in with no sleep and then you just sleep because you have to. You don't even have a choice, like your body's so tired. And yeah. then after you get over that little hump, it's easy because you're just tired all the time. Yeah. So it's like terrible, but it works. Mm-hmm. And actually his fan base is pretty crazy, right? <laughs> How do you mean? I don't know. I did one video with Rich Shiga, mm -hmm. and his Indonesian fans are not stoppable. Oh. I don't know. Maybe it's different here in the U.S. I was going to say, maybe because you were in Asia, it was yeah. a little different. In the U.S., they're a little bit more tame, and we also were, like, always at venues, so there was always security when I was with him. So it was pretty easy. Yeah. Did you listen to his music a lot before? Uh, I was aware of it, and when Glow Like That dropped, I liked that one a lot. Yeah. But I wasn't, like, a super fan. Mm -hmm. I've definitely heard it more now that I've been with him, and I've heard a lot of his new stuff, oh, and it's amazing. Oh, like unreleased um. Yeah, he's got some stuff that he sh was showing me on his phone that sounds ridiculous, and Ooh. he's producing like a lot of his beats now, which is really cool, because he has this really unique way that he writes his melodies with his vocal line, and like, it's just different. It's cool. Mm -hmm. Do you think you, you want to branch off into do more and more like tour stuff? Yeah, definitely. I have a tour coming up next year. Um, I don't know if I could say with who, but it's a six-week yeah. uh, U.S. tour with one of my all-time favorites. I'm really excited. How would you say you've grown as a person since the early beginning? Since the early beginning? I would say I'm a lot more patient now. Mm -hmm. uh, 
in the beginning when you kind of move. The thing is, I move by myself, and you know, obviously, having a falling out with your religion isn't like a positive thing. It's kind of mm. you know depressing. So I moved down here when I was really sad and by myself, and I don't know. Um, so it kind of put a lot of pressure on me to kind of figure something out, yeah, music-wise. And I didn't want to have moved down here away from all my friends and family for no reason. Mm-hmm. So I was a bit hard on myself in that respect. Um, yeah. But I think over time, I've kind of learned that these things take a while to develop. Like, even now that I'm doing things, like, I'm still impatient in the sense that I want to be more developed. I want to be making more money. I want to have better equipment, you know. I mm-hmm. want to have more security in it. But, again, those things are just going to take more time and, you know. I'm moving in the right direction, so yeah. I just got to be patient. Where do you kind of see yourself the next five years? Or, like, what would you be like, this is, like, wow, I made it. I don't know. That's something I've actually been thinking a lot about lately. Because mm-hmm. um, as fun as it is touring, I don't want to be going from tour to tour when I'm 35 years old. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but I, I'm, I'm not sure. That's something I'm still figuring out. Uh, yeah, this past two weeks, I've been thinking a lot about that. Mm-hmm. Have you ever considered doing music videos and stuff? Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. That's one thing I've been exploring. I've been trying to get on a couple music video sets, uh, but that's kind of one of those things where I'm just waiting for the timing to be right. Yeah. Yeah. I have a few friends. Well, I have a lot of friends whose music I really like, and I'd like to make music videos for, and they'd be down, but uh, it takes a lot of knowledge and time and preparation, and like, I've never worked with an actor before. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. Do you see what you're trying to do going more into, like, you want to stay more in the electronic scene, or do you want to go into, like, other... I want to do a little bit of everything. Um, yeah. Currently, I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm working with a lot of people that I like in rap and electronic, which would be the best, as if I could just kind of work with my favorite rappers, my favorite DJs, etc., etc. Um, you know, doing a recap for, like, Rich Chiga is very different from doing one for, like, you know... Um, Mr. Carmack, um, and like, let's say I go on tour with like Flying Lotus and do a video for him, like that mm-hmm. would be completely different than those two. Like, and, you know, they would kind yeah. of require different kinds of cinematography, different kinds of yeah. Editing. Actually, how do you think of that? Like, you see the how do you even think that you would need like different types of editing styles or what about it? Yeah, well, I mean, you kind of figure it out as you go. That's kind of the interesting thing about it, and like, like I said, like when, when I say I want people to focus on like my viewing of things like everything kind of plays into these kind of videos you're kind of like communicating to the fans how you see the events like Mm -hmm. I see brownies as these like super lit extra crazy things so like that's going to kind of reflect it in the way that I shoot it versus like if I shoot Flying Lotus I'm going to shoot it as a much more like intimate yeah more um maybe more immersive kind of thing Maybe shooting with a lot more narrow lenses versus mm. brownies is a lot wider lenses, a lot wider shots. Yeah. How about for Chiga? He's a mix of both because, you know, he's very versatile. He has the turn-up songs, but then he also has the more personal songs. So I've kind of been doing a, a little bit of both with him. Yeah. It's different with him because I haven't done a lot of editing. 88 Rising hired me to just shoot. Oh, so you just sent him the raw. Exactly. They're all videos. Yeah. He's you, posted. Yeah. Go ahead. Do you like, like, editing your own? Like, do you prefer that? Then? I'd prefer yeah. that. Yeah. But 
if I were to give it to someone, 88 Rising would be the people because they're, yeah, they're ridiculous. So good. Like everything they yeah. do is top notch. Someone told me they have eight editing bays at their headquarters, eight different little offices just for editing. What? Yeah, they're way bigger than I thought. I mean, I mean, I guess they've just expanded so much. Crazy. Yeah, this last year, they've been, like, pouring their resources into, like, all their content. And it's been, looks yeah. like it's been doing well. It's doing their so fan well. base has been growing a lot. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think your work stands out from other videographers? I think I have a little bit of my own style that I do with kind of, like, the motion shots. Um, and just kind of, like, when you figure things out on your own, it's hard to kind of, like mimic someone you know what I mean if mm -hmm. someone didn't teach it to you and you figured it out on your own then it's pretty hard to look like someone else yeah versus if you're being taught a certain way to do it then that's how you're going to do it mm -hmm. I think it's simply because like all of my kind of growth spots came out of necessity like I took disposables because I wanted I, I needed something to post to Instagram every day so it kind of forced me to start doing that and I just kind of had to figure out a cool way to do it yeah like, uh, when I started using, when I shoot, I use this big stabilizer thing. Mm -hmm. And I'd never really used it until one day I had to for that sticky sound job. I didn't really have a choice. So I had to go and le learn to use it, like, oh, three this hours. Is, so when you were sh shooting early, brownies didn't have a stabilizer? No. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that was, like, partway through. Mm -hmm. That's That sticky sound job I was talking about. Yeah. That was, like, the first time I kind of picked it up and learned how to use it right before I head over there and that kind of forced me to you know start developing that so I started bringing it to all the shows yeah oh so you still do it you have to do it now for every show I don't so have to, to but I but yeah. I, I like to I, I like the look of it and it kind of works with the image we built with brownies yeah yeah last question what do you want to be remembered for my work definitely that's kind of the whole reason why I not the whole reason, but a big part of the reason why I'm not like so much about myself on my page because I want people to focus on my photography and, you know, what I see in that or like my videography and kind of see what I see in that versus, you know, just taking photos of myself. Mm -hmm. you know yeah, I, mean? I love that. Thanks yeah. so much. <laughs> yeah.